My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you wanna make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Constant listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. I'm your host, Michael Monroeville Mall Rothman, and today we're speaking to the fine folks behind this weekend's Stephen King Rules Dollar Baby Film Festival. Filmmaker James Douglas and producer Norm Coyne join us to discuss what went into making this three day fiesta a reality. The reaction to receiving the Stephen King bump online, not once, but multiple times and the diversity behind their slate of films. They also weigh in on their own Dollar Baby short, The Doctor's Case, which you might remember from Nightmares and Dreamscapes, which we covered last year. James shares how they managed to secure an incredible cast in William B. Davis, Michael Coleman, and Denise Crosby. It's a fun chat with countless stories, so sit back and enjoy the show. You know, before the even bigger show this weekend. But it's hard to find somebody to treat you good, but you know I treat your body so Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey. And I love your shirt. Oh, thank you. Special occasion. <laughs> we should have been proactive, James. Yeah, we should have. Merch, man, merch. Yeah. Yeah. Just for clarification, Jen is wearing a Stephen King Rules shirt. Yes. And hey, perfect seg. You know, what was the impetus behind the Stephen King Rules Festival, you know, and what was the process like putting on this three day film festival, which is insane. I mean, there's so many movies on this and we did two day film festival like three years ago and I wanted to die at the end of it. I can't imagine three days. So, I mean, James and I were lucky enough uh, to like, I mean, we've been lucky enough to have been on the film festival circuit with our own dollar baby. Um, which I'm sure James will dive into like the 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 full on definition of a dollar baby shortly. But um, we were super lucky to have uh, gone out on the film festival circuit and and really enjoyed, um, you know, that that true sense of of camaraderie and 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 networking that you get as part of, you know, like a, a, a group of fellow filmmakers showing, mm -hmm. you know, their amazing projects on screen. And last year during the pandemic, um, we, you know, we're like, man, it sucks because they're canceling all these film festivals. And part of what the Dollar Baby um, deal is, is that, you know, you you can only show it in certain certain ways, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. you could show it at a film festival, yeah. uh, you know, an educational institution, et cetera, et cetera. And so, so we were like, man, it would be awesome if we actually could do something in the in the respect of, of, you know, an online festival, you know, like something where, and not just for the filmmakers, but also because there were so many people in isolation at that point. Right. And, yeah. and I mean, and, and do it in a way that is very much in the same spirit uh, of the dollar baby deal program where, you know, it's free or practically free. Or, I mean, like for us, it's free. I mean, for the dollar baby deal, we did have to pay Stephen King one American dollar. <laughs> Which is so, did Which, you mail it physically or did you do like yeah. a, James, what did pay we do with it? No, we totally did. I went to the bank and I exchanged <laughs> a, a dollar 
25 or whatever it was canadian oh wow american, american dollar bill and i put it in a card and sent it to him so yeah it was an actual crisp oh. american dollar bill did right? you do oh, like a cool. cool snoopy card or something or was it like oh, maybe a garfield card or <laughs> i i really probably should have i think that it was actually a card from barkerville which is the large historic site that i worked for uh hmm. during most of my days um so he at least got a little piece of the interior central interior of british columbia um when i sent it to him but i love Aww. it yeah. i love yeah. it uh, well and i get really geeked out over dollar babies because i think the concept is just really cool um but and i think most of our listeners are probably familiar but if anyone does not know what a dollar baby is could you kind of tell us what it is and what is the process of doing that like or uh, licensing that other than guys, mailing the dollar you guys are gonna love this james take it away <laughs> So, okay, so since 1977, <laughs> Stephen King has allowed emerging and or student filmmakers, just, just people who wanted to make a film at, at a relatively low budget um, with some amazing source material. So I didn't know about this, by the way, until 2016. That's when I found out about this. Oh, but, interesting. But, but for 30 plus years before that, he has basically, because I think um, in the early days of his writing, he was being bombarded with with letters not act mm -hmm. not emails because we they didn't have them then but letters from people who were going into film school and they wanted to be able to use some of his work as their their projects right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so what basically the book dollar baby deal is is that he has a list of stories that he currently holds the rights to he hasn't sold those rights to anybody else and if you want to make a movie out of one of those films all you have to do is send him a dollar you, there's a, a proposal that you have to put together first mm -hmm. but basically you get the non-commercial rights to make the film for that dollar so that means you can raise money to make the movie uh, you can show it at independent festivals all around the world you just can't actually sell it to anybody or mm -hmm. charge money yourself to you know recoup any of the money that you've spent on this dollar yeah. baby you can't you can't um make any money from it so it's an amazing program and it, mm -hmm. it really is like the, the the opportunities that people are being provided um just just to be able to do this are extraordinary yeah and uh so the the whole idea is that you you get that that non-commercial and non-exclusive rights so anybody can make the same dollar baby that you're making you don't you mm. don't get to say this is mine kane, kane rose up this is mine <laughs> you know um anybody can make it but you also you also have the the um just the, the just the knowledge of knowing that you have an officially sanctioned Stephen King product that you you can put out there, which right? is really cool. Mm -hmm. It's it is. totally cool. It yeah. really is. And uh, and in some cases that has gone further. And I know that that is for all of us, including ourselves, but any of the Dollar Baby filmmakers. Um, you know the fact that Frank Darabont in 1983 say, the, yeah. the woman in the room and he he developed a friendship with Stephen King as a result of that and has gone on to do the Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption and all sorts of things so that is definitely something I think that all of the dollar babies kind of look toward but they also understand that Stephen King is a very busy kind of guy so you know we're not all going to develop that same kind of relationship with him but at the very least we know that we have the official permission to make a film based on one of these stories mm -hmm. and what an incredible group of people to be involved with right oh like, yeah it's yeah it's extraordinary. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly eclectic. And, and what I think is interesting about the program is when you look at the range of films, and especially if you really dig deep enough, you can kind of see 
the, the the decades in motion you know like when you see something that was made in the 90s versus the, something that was made in the 2000s versus something that's made now it's like you almost get to see kind of an evolution of independent filmmaking mm-hmm. happening in the process um of going through one of these you know in, from one title to the next um which is just it, it's kind of interesting how king has just made his own sort of time capsule of independent filmmaking <laughs> in a way totally. uh, with this it's program, pretty awesome you yeah know? yeah it uh, is and that's something that that you'll you'll get an opportunity to see with the Stephen King Rules Film Festival because we have like James Cole is this amazing guy who I'd met through the Dollar Baby process, but back in nineteen in the eighties, the late eighties, he made uh, a film version of The Last Rung on the Ladder, which is not a oh, horror story. Yeah, it's a, a, mm-hmm. as you know, it's a beautiful story about yeah. a guy and his sister and and kind mm-hmm. of dealing with with their their childhood. And he he didn't have a budget. He had a Super 8 camera and some actors that he could work with. So the whole thing is done in a series of Super 8 films, much like uh, you so would cool. have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. It would be just like some family movies that you were watching in the basement of your parents' house or something like that. And it is virtually silent. Like there is some some dialogue in it, but it is one of the most emotionally impactful adaptations of Stephen King's work I've ever seen and it was a dude you know a dude who just had a super 8 camera and some people (laughs) and the permission to do it and it is still you know 40 years later impacting people today so that's that's one of the testaments to the dollar baby deal as far as I'm concerned oh 100 percent 100 percent yeah and, 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 you know, as you mentioned before, you, know, you had made your own Dollar Baby with the Doctor's Case. And I wondered, it's a very rare deep cut of King. It's his own atypical. Sherlock Holmes yeah. mysteries. <laughs> what drew you to that story? And what was the process getting behind uh, that one and, you know, putting it all together? Because, I mean, you have, I mean, William B. Davis, uh, Michael Coleman, uh, Denise Crosby. It's a pretty star-studded cast. How did this all come together? <laughs> okay, well, Norm's going to laugh because <laughs> I, I, I love this story. To be perfectly honest, and I'm not kidding, I have been in love with the doctor's case since I graduated high school. Like I, oh, wow. um, no, seriously. Like I graduated in '91. The, the Nightmares and Dreamscapes didn't come out until 1993. But but I was a huge Stephen King fan by that point, and a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. Like Jeremy Brett is one of my favorite on-screen adaptations of Sherlock Holmes. It was a Grenada series that ran on PBS. So anytime they were doing a pledge drive, I would be able to see these Sherlock Holmes yeah. mysteries. And my my bookshelf at home when I was a teenager was Stephen King books, Sherlock Holmes books, and I had a few X-Files posters all around my room. Nice. Oh, God, this right. is a perfect marriage. Then. I know. Wow. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it, 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 is, honestly, it is the, the I am the <laughs> poster boy for the Dollar Baby Project because right? <laughs> if you have some dreams, just do this because it will it will realize these dreams. Um, I have thought for years what a great film The Doctor's Case would make because it mm-hmm. is Sherlock Holmes, but it's Sherlock Holmes with a twist, right? Dr. Watson gets to solve the case before the most famous detective in the world. And uh, and Stephen King, I since since I saw The Shining back when I was 12 years old, right through to when I was reading it in the hallway because I used to get kicked out of my industrial arts class all the time in high <laughs> nice, school because nice. never had my homework done. And some bu- a buddy of mine lent me this book and I read it and I was obsessed. And uh, 
but again, until 2016, I didn't even know this was, an, was a possibility, but I always held the doctor's case in my mind. I work, as I mentioned earlier, for Barkerville Historic Town and Park, which is the largest historic site in Western North America. It is a 19th century restored gold rush town. Oh, 100, 100, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? 107 <laughs> of the buildings that are here in this town were built anywhere between 1869 and about 1945. And I always walked around looking at the interiors of these museum pieces that were dressed like real Victorian drawing rooms with actual artifacts and thinking, if I could ever make a, my version of the doctor's case, this is the perfect place to do it. <laughs> yeah. But, but why would I ever do that? Because I don't have the <laughs> rights to do it. So, I mean, mm. nobody's ever going to see it. And then in 2016, I was in Vancouver, British Columbia, which is the big... Uh, population center in BC. And I was talking to a friend of mine and I was telling her this story because I've told this story to countless people at the bar over the years. Like, I would really love to make this movie. And, uh, but it was just a, sort of a pipe dream. And she said to me, you know, somebody was literally just talking to me about this thing called the dollar baby deal. Have you ever heard of it? And I hadn't, which is ridiculous because I've been a Stephen King fan forever, <laughs> but I hadn't. And uh, and so I looked it up, stephenking.com. Sure enough, you know, you can you can license one of these these stories for a dollar. And believe it or not, the doctor's case was on that list. Yeah. Wow. So I, I was totally amazed. And then uh, about, about a month later in May, Norm, my business partner, who's not saying a lot right now because I'm totally taking advantage of this opportunity. I love when you <laughs> It's like watching somebody like play a song. Yeah, right, right. Seriously, I love it. Well, well, Norm is a very, uh, it's a very popular producer in Prince George, British Columbia, where we, the region that we're from, and he has a comic convention or a fan expo called Northern FanCon, oh, which cool. brings a, a lot of really interesting people to this little neck of the woods that we're in. And that year. Um, he had brought my friend Michael Coleman up because Michael and I had known each other from our Vancouver days. And for the listeners who don't necessarily know who Michael is, he played Happy the Dwarf on ABC's Once Upon a Time. Mm. Uh, he's also a voice actor extraordinaire. He's been like Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, like a ton of that, that the stuff that people would watch. Um, but we'd known each other for years and he came up to FanCon to, to sign autographs and be part of the, 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 the expo that was there. And I said to him, you know, like, I just found out about this thing, the dollar baby deal. And I, I really love this story. I would love to turn it into a film. And, and I think you'd really play an excellent Watson in it. And he's not the typical, you, you know, your typical idea of what, what, of what Dr. Watson would look like. He's kind of small, but he's got a very compact kind of frame to him. And be, knowing that Dr. Watson in the Sherlock Holmes stories was a former military doctor, I just thought there's something about Michael's bearing that would totally make this work. And, yeah. and to my absolute delight, he said, yes, of course, he would love to do that. And then five months went by and we didn't do anything at all. Like <laughs> we, we got busy. I, I kind of forgot about it. And then I was talking to, I was actually doing some promotional video in Barkerville with a friend of mine named J.P. Winslow, who is an incredible actor in his own right. Um, and I started in, I was uploading this video to, I don't know if it was Vimeo or YouTube at the time, but I, I uh, and I started to look at him and thought, 
he would make an excellent Sherlock Holmes. And he and I had been talking about Sherlock Holmes for years because he's a huge Arthur Conan Doyle fan. So I asked JP that day, like I told him about the Dollar Baby deal and what I was kind of looking to do. And he said, you're totally insane for trying to cast me as Sherlock Holmes because <laughs> I'm not I'm not six feet tall. I don't have the hook nose at all of that. But he totally wanted to do it just because of the, the conversation we had. And so that very day, I went back to Stephen King's website. There's like a 300-word text box that you get to type in your proposal. Oh, my oh God. wow. And, and then you send it off, and then they're like, wait four to eight weeks for a response. So I contacted Norm, and I let him know that I had done this and that, you know, within the next couple of months, we should be hearing something. And then three days later, I got a Three email. days? Yeah, I know, right? Wow. That wow. <laughs> was insane. Are you kidding I got me? A, I got an email from them and a contract there. So suddenly we needed to make this work. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, and we knew that we had sort of our main people who were going to be Holmes and Watson. But one of the things I, the thing about the Doctor's case, the story, is that it's, it's told from the perspective of, mm -hmm. um, of uh, Watson, the way that, that any other Sherlock Holmes story is. And it's normally that Watson is telling the story in first person, but he's relating it after the fact. Yeah. This particular story is 50 years after the fact, and he's telling the story about how he, he solved the case before Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. So we, I knew we needed an older Watson, and I didn't want him just writing the story. He needed to actually be talking to somebody. Mm -hmm. And there aren't, there aren't a lot of women in the story, and that's not Stephen King's fault. That's just the way Sherlock Holmes stories roll out. But I knew mm -hmm. that I wanted the person that, that, that uh, Watson was talking to to be a woman. Mm -hmm. And we had met Denise Crosby in 2013 in the precursor to Northern FanCon because she came out for a festival that we were doing at Barkerville that Norm helped helped me arrange. And it was spectacular. We got a chance to meet Tasha Yar from Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> so cool. and, yeah. and Rachel Creed mm -hmm. from Pet Cemetery, right? <laughs> like she's she's so amazing. And she turned out to be an incredibly fun person to get to know. Like she's oh, wow. really great. She's just like anybody that you would you would talk Love it. to. So after the fact, and I knew that I wanted to have this new character that was introduced to the story, I totally hail married her an email and just said, hey, look, I have this project that I'm working on. It's a Stephen King project. I know you're probably not going to want to do it, but would you be interested in hearing about it? And to my absolute delight, she said, well, why don't you guys come down to LA and we'll have lunch, you know, as LA people say, <laughs> as they say. And, yeah. and, and we'll talk about it. So in December of 2016, Norm and I flew down to, to Hollywood and we had lunch with Denise Crosby without a script. And oh, wow. by, the, by the end of the conversation, she was fully on board. And oh, my gosh, that's awesome. amazing, right? And then as soon as we knew that we had her, we knew that we needed somebody that, that had the, the equivalent experience to be mm -hmm. on screen with her. I mean, our actors from here locally are fantastic. And if you've seen the movie, you, you know that they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. Totally. But, but we'd still needed somebody to be that older Watson that could be on the same level with her. And my father, um, who was a historical consultant on the film, actually, was was really good friends for, for many, many years with uh, a woman named Jane Scott Barsanti. Her daughter, Kim, happens to work at the same agency as William B. Davis's um, agent. <laughs> so through a bunch of connections, we were able to get the script to him. He read it, he loved it, and said that he would do it for virtually nothing. So I can't thank uh, him. 
So I mean, uh, as an X Files fan, you must have just been losing your shit. I mean, oh my god! Like I had no, I mean, just absolutely no idea. Because he doesn't like, look any, he doesn't look any different than he did like when he first appears to Mulder. You know, I know. Just, like, you know it's, it's remarkable. It's it is unreal. Like, and he's, like, <laughs> yeah, and he's in his eighties now, which is perfect, obviously, for the Watson yeah. character who's in his eighties in our movie. But you would never know it. Like he looks as you say exactly the way he did 20 years ago he is mm-hmm. still working and not only looking the way that he did but acting the way that he did he is just the quintessential like he'll be doing this for 20 more years i guarantee you uh, it's amazing i mean i just love when they could kind of keep it in the family with stephen king especially with movies mm-hmm. i mean that's one of the things i love about darabont's movies too is the fact that he re, you know reuses uh the you know actors and talent in that world i just think it 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 helps create an aesthetic of that, of, of that vision. You know, like I mm-hmm. think when I think of Thomas Jane, I think of, you know, Stephen King, of when course, of, you know, Jeffrey Dumont, I think of Stephen King and I, it definitely helped at least for me, especially even just seeing, you know, Denise Crosby just being like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. There's the link right there. It's, it's just, it's so, it's just a psychological thing for sure, but you know, it worked. Absolutely. It totally does. And if I can give a shout out to my cousin, Joanna, because yeah. we had, we had at least four, we had a fifth, Stephen King alum who unfortunately got cut out of the final uh, mm. film, but we had four people who were already die in the wool um, Stephen King people. And um, William B. Davis was one of them because a lot of people don't realize that he was in the dead zone. Yeah. He, he was in the miniseries of it as well. So his, his Stephen King pedigree pedigree was oh, wow. right there. Mm-hmm. We, we had Denise Crosby, obviously who was in pet cemetery, but my cousin, Joanna Douglas, who played um, in our, in our version of the story, she played Tabitha Hull mm-hmm. uh, in, in the story as written. It's a third, the third son of the Hall family is Stephen Hull. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted, again, to bring some more women into the <laughs> film. So we changed Stephen to a woman. And mm-hmm. because Stephen obviously named Stephen Hull after himself, it seemed only appropriate that we would name our version of that character after his wife, Tabitha. Oh, love it. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's, but my cousin that. Joanna. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad you. I'm glad you got it now. Um, but my cousin, my cousin Joanna, um, among she's a, a quite a popular Canadian actress. She was on a, a series called Being Erica uh, about ten years ago um, that was quite popular here in Canada. But she also was in Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, the adaptation of that film. She was Doris Dunning in that film. So oh, it, was, wow. it was lovely for me to be able to pull her into this. I hadn't seen, I literally had not seen her since she was about three months old. Uh, I had gone out to Ontario to visit the family and I have a picture of, of me cradling her in my arms. And then 30 years later, um, she's coming out to be in my directorial debut. So that was an, an amazing opportunity. Aww. But knowing that she had that Stephen King pedigree as well was obviously pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Oh, totally. Well, and one of the things that I think is really cool about your adaptation is the stinger at the end. And I'm just wondering, did you have that in mind when you pitched it to them and when you applied for the dollar baby or was that kind of a, it found itself thing? Yeah, we didn't. And sorry, Norm, I'm just totally railroading. No, here, but, but, uh, no we, we did not have that idea at all. It was, I mean, not, not during the initial pitch because I didn't really, really know at that time how that character interaction between the older Watson and the nurse that he winds up talking to would be. I didn't, mm-hmm. I did I just didn't really know what that was, what's going to be about. But as soon as we had decided on, on what Denise's character was going to be, and I was starting to write that character for her, um, it made me realize that it couldn't just be 
just a simple bookend, right? Like it mm -hmm. needed to be something that would somehow relate to the entire universe, whether that's Stephen King or Arthur Conan Doyle. Like I just knew that I couldn't let that character go without it being significant in some way. Mm -hmm. And so that was very definitely something that came about um, not quite as we were filming. I, but before we started shooting, I had figured out what that was going to be, but mm -hmm. I did have the great opportunity of working with Denise because I had a much more complex idea of what the Captain Norton character would be. And she, she shut some of that down in a really good way. She was just <laughs> nice. like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't try to confuse the audience. Let's just try and figure out how to make this work. Still allow your vision to come through, but at the same time, not confuse people. And, and that, mm -hmm. that's how it turned out. Yeah. It's just it the out. perfect ending. It's so yeah. much fun. <laughs> oh, great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Hello, this is Jason, co-host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Let's go back to the fest for a sec, just because, I mean, it's so exciting because I mean, you have so much talent, so many filmmakers from across the world. Where is the furthest from your slate that, that really shocked you that you're like, holy shit, I can't believe we're getting films from, you know, from this far away? So we've gotten films from, I mean, uh, one is being screened from Brazil. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, did you guys, was, uh, I know that there were a few kind of advanced screeners that you guys got to see and you watched Dedication. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. yeah love and Dedication. That's, it, that's yeah. Germany, yeah. right James? So good. Yeah. Yeah. It's Germany. Oh, yeah. My wow. God. I, okay. Yeah. That's, Seriously. That's and like bar none, the boldest poster image that I've seen <laughs> in <my> freaking <laughs> life. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So yeah. good, and and also like a bar to 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 leap over because that that is a. Uh, mm. I mean, when we when we posted about the the schedule to our listeners, one of the first comments was like, "Wow, dedication, open it up. That's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bold adaptation just to apply for that story in yeah, general. No yeah, you know? yeah. Seriously." And that's something I think is interesting, too, is that you see the adaptations like you adapt stories also because we have stories that were written in like in the 70s and the 90s that we would tell completely differently now. And you have that opportunity. And I really enjoyed dedication. I liked it a lot better than the story. But don't tell Stephen <laughs> King. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. And you know what? It's honestly it's so interesting to see uh, the reach of this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, even the fact that we're talking here right now, I mean, James and I got the, uh, I, I mean, we, we got the go ahead from Stephen King and that was wonderful. And, and I mean, like just in general, we kind of, we are very big kind of thinkers, right? Yeah. So we're like, okay, well, let's put together a press release and we'll, we'll throw it out there and we'll throw it to everybody. And <laughs> smart, smart. Right. And then um, it was funny because uh, all of a sudden, I mean, we got picked up by 
uh, CBR, which mm -hmm. maybe for your listeners, if they don't know, that's Comic Book Resource, which to me, I'm like, wow, that's a huge news site. 100%. Right? Yeah, and it was no. one of the news sites that we targeted. And then I'm like, I see their their story and it's it's James's cousin, Joanna, in an image. <laughs> and then it's talking about us. And I'm like, oh my God, this actually hit. And then uh, one of the guys that we've actually met along, because we've actually become uh, friends with like a couple of these dolly or a few of these. I mean, like me, just a couple. James has become uh, friends with a few of the Dollar Baby filmmakers that we've met along the way. And one of those guys was Bev Vincent. And um, Vincent. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, have you, has he been on your show? No, not yet. We've uh, we actually were just talking about him today because uh, he's the, the Mike Hamlin, basically. Of Stephen King. And you know yeah. what? He is the nicest guy ever. Like, yeah. he, he's just an amazing dude. Um, but Bev had uh, retweeted the or he had tweeted about the story. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom. Stephen yeah. King retweets it. So I wanted to ask you about that because um, were you? Did you drop your phone? Were you? Oh my uh, God. I mean, did your heart skip? Like that is insane. I, I, we always we always joke around because for the longest time, for months, we were just we were you know because some of us have blue check marks just from uh, working in media, and we're like you know he's got to see this. So what if like at, like two in the morning sometimes at the bar we'd be like let's just tweet him and see if he likes the movie The Mask. <laughs> let's just see if he responds. And then we'd always joke saying like if he did respond, you know that we'd all pee our pants, right? Like mm -hmm. we'd, we'd have a heart attack. What was your reaction when you got that bump? Two things because I think we should both ans answer this. Um, the one thing is. I have to tell you honestly that since we've made the dollar uh, or on um, the doctor's case, I have trolled Stephen King for like <laughs> two, three years. I nice. like consistently, and James is like, ah, dude, <laughs> like you, like let's just leave him alone a bit, right? But I'm like, I'm literally like, that's me. I'm like, I'm a pushy guy. I'm like, I have a background in sales. I'm like, no, I want to get the sale. I want to get the yeah, sale. <laughs> Anyways, um, and so, and but. Uh, so that's the one side of it. On the flip side of it, um, one of our producers on this uh, on this festival is a frequent collaborator of, our, uh, of ours, and her name is Leah Coglin. And Leah Coglin is like a social media guru. And so she was super excited about this because she's a huge horror fan and all that kind of stuff. And so I think last year, or it was so James and I filmed... Uh, a pilot for a television series called Wicked Ways uh, two years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we it's funny because we finished it and then uh, the pandemic hit. And it's uh, a travel series about paranormal yeah. investigations. And oh, no. yeah. so <laughs> we'll just chuck that into the <laughs> I don't no. know however many years. Um, but uh, Leah was on on that as well. And um, she she was doing, you know, a bunch of social media for it and stuff like that. And one night I'd had a couple drinks and I was like, uh, and I'm a little bit of a prankster. And I was like, I found this uh, one, a friend of mine had sent me a, a tweet and it was like a tweet that uh, I don't know who, it was somebody famous. It was like, um, I don't know, The Rock or someone had done. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's crazy that he would actually say something like that. And then they're like, oh no, no, no. This is like, a, it's some kind of like an app where you just plug it in, you put the person's picture in there. And oh my gosh. And uh, Leah was messaging me about Wicked Ways that night. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I sent her a message and I was like, holy shit, did you see this? And she's like, <laughs> what? And I'd put in uh, Stephen King saying, 
oh my God, I love these filmmakers. <laughs> and it was a bunch of us. And she's like, oh my God. And um, I'm like, oh, okay, wait, how old are your listeners? Just Oh, no, they range everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, it's okay. 18 to 65 for the most part. Early, yeah, it's a early. wide swath. She was super baked at the time. <laughs> this, uh, this image from me. And she's like, she's like, oh my God. And she's like, I don't even know how to respond to that. This is so amazing. And then, you know, eventually after I'd laughed my ass off, I had to let her know that that actually uh, was the real thing. The come down's so hard. When, because I didn't know that Stephen King had retweet or tweeted about this uh, CBR article. Oh, no. <laughs> and so she's like, she's like, oh my God, did you see it? And I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then and then she's like she sent it to me and i was like yeah uh whatever you know like it's like thanks for stealing looked, my joke yeah right yeah <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like dude i'm like come on seriously get some new material and then i looked and i was like holy shit wow <laughs> and that was the first that was the first one yeah yeah, yeah and then, then you started playing since with it like, then, like he's like he's like he's tweeted about us three times yeah. wow. so That's so cool so cool uh it gives me hope that someday he'll respond letting me know if you like 1994 is the mask like <laughs> I, I, just, I just have to know out of know. anything else you know i just i just got to know if he's watched the mask yeah uh, he's just yeah. waiting he's waiting for the right moment yeah right <laughs> J- so james what was your reaction yeah it, it, yeah, it is right? like, it is exactly <laughs> what you're thinking it was amazing right like yeah. i and i and i have you know bev to thank for that because it was his i mean bev is one of the people that stephen king actually follows he has mm-hmm. 6.5 million followers and like 128 people that he actually follows wow. and bev happens to be one of those and so he it caught his attention and he retweeted it but then the next day he, he there was a like ckpg which is um the prince george television news station um there was a there was a tweet from them that he retweeted and said this is really cool and then he the nerdist had picked us up so he retweeted that right away just to say i'm adding this one because you know i like the nerdist and then shortly after that he tweeted again with no he wasn't sharing anything it was just him saying i really like Stephen King rules. And then then he said, you know, but it really makes me think that I'm glad that I don't. Yeah. Um, That's such a Stephen King tweet. Totally, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was like, this guy has, he, here he has, he's actually paying attention to us. And I, and I, and I don't mean to say that he wasn't before, because I do think that he probably has seen the doctor's case. I Mm. hope that he liked it, but there, you know, all of us, all of the dollar babies, this is, this is our, you know, our um, golden child moment, right? Like yeah. here, is, mm-hmm. here is the guy that we are doing this for because we like his work so much, um, actually connecting with us in some ways and uh, some way. And this was the first time that it had happened. So mm-hmm. obviously as a Stephen King fan and as a director who just wants to show him how much we care about what he does, that was everything to me, Huge. absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. it's safe to say that we were both squeeing Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Oh yeah, oh, I totally <laughs> yeah. would. Yeah, yeah. Well, and because it, it's a pretty, it's like a really cool community to be in. You know, not yeah. many people can say that they've directed a dollar baby. Um, and so when I'm thinking about the films at the festival, um, how many were submitted in all, and did you have to turn any down? So here's the thing: is um, for us as uh, as like in anything we do, and as as uh, filmmakers ourselves, um 
we want to empower as many people as possible. That's kind of mm -hmm. like, that's what we do. We, we basically, um, for the things that we've done, for our initiatives that we've done and like the film productions we've had and stuff like that, it's, it's never really been about like making money for us. Mm -hmm. It's about empowering people. That's yeah. like, that's kind of, which maybe doesn't make us really great business people, but, <laughs> but it makes us very fulfilled and, and seeing yeah. that the effect that that has on people is like, it's pretty remarkable. So, I mean, like when we came up with this idea, it was like, and we're like, we want to have everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. But the thing is, is, I mean, like we have a handful of uh, dollar babies uh, that we've actually connected with through the years mm -hmm. and we're part of a group um that is like a dollar baby filmmaker group online and everything like that um so we just we put it out there and granted um we we didn't get everybody that we'd wanted or i mean mm -hmm. like that that's out there you mm -hmm. know because we wanted everyone yeah but um uh it was like it was it's not it wasn't exclusive in any way shape or form right mm -hmm. so yeah. it was like yeah if you submitted you're in. Oh, yeah. which yeah, I mean, right. I would say that's the spirit of the Dollar Baby program. One million. Itself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We did not want to jury this festival at all because we knew that no matter what, like, doesn't matter if you had a $10 budget or a $50,000 budget or whatnot, the stories are the key. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the thing that's going to draw people to it. And so we, we realized that, you know, like we couldn't, we could really only cap it, which is what we did at the number of films that we could possibly show over a three-day period mm -hmm. and still give people enough chance to kind of breathe <laughs> and eat and, and do with it. So we wound mm -hmm. up with 20, 29 films and wow. they lit literally were just the people right up until the end um, who were, were, were emailing us just sort of at the very last second. <laughs> and, we, and we kind of figured out a way that we could put them into the festival. Oh, wow. And I think that actually embodies like sort of like the, I, again, the spirit of the Dollar Baby deal right is mm -hmm. that it can be anyone yeah mm -hmm. it can literally be anyone well i mean like these films are from all over the world they are they have like all sorts of budgets all sorts of skill levels you know like it's it is very much a representation of everyone yeah which mm -hmm. i think is kind of almost like a a cornerstone of king's work in the first place right yep. i agree he, he writes about everyone mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't want to ask you what your favorite is in the spirit of not during them, but did any <laughs> of them surprise you? And did any of the films scare you? Oh, oh yeah. You, you're the first <laughs> <laughs> there, there's lots. There's lots that surprise me. And and I think I, I already talked about James Cole's um, The Last Rung on the Ladder, which, mm -hmm. again, for, for being a Super 8 film in the 80s with no budget is so emotionally impactful. I would highly recommend everybody watch. Yeah, I can't that. wait to watch this. Then. It's I great. Yeah. Um, Jackie Perez's Beach World, because I know a lot of people are interested in that one because it's a very hardcore science fiction story. Yeah, that, it's which, like Dune. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And so how could, how could you possibly make something like that for no budget? Well, yeah. let me tell you, this woman made that story. She definitely deviated from the story a little bit in order to to deal with the, the limitations that she had but otherwise it is a perfect science fiction film uh, without a doubt i'm i'm partial to the doctor's case of course <laughs> but but the but the film that is rounding out the festival um Oof. is billy hansen's Oof. survivor <laughs> 
our buddy Billy. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. This, you you know Billy really well, right? Yeah. So the this podcast would not exist if it wasn't for Billy Hansen because uh, so he was my drummer when we went to college together at FSU, and uh, and and so I I met him through my guitarist. Then I met my co-host basically through Billy because um, they were living together, and then eventually Billy uh, lived with me, and he got to live with me during a fantastic year in which I broke up with my girlfriend, so he got to really have a really fun time with me. It was These a really wonderful time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it was great. Um, and so, you know, when he made this, and he, I, he'd always loved King, because, I, I, you know, we'd always talk about King, and then every time I'd walk in his room and, you know, we'd shoot the shit, I'd just see, like, all his hardcovers sitting there, and I mean, I'll never forget when he sent it over to me in a link. And it just was kind of, I was just so blown away. Cause I mean, look, you're always supportive of your friend's work, right? You know, you're always, it's always gonna be like, yeah, let's, I'll go. Oh, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta play playing. Okay. Yeah. We'll go, we'll go check out the play. All right. We'll go get dinner afterward. We're going to get drinks, right? We got that. We're going to get drinks afterwards. That's something I can look forward to. Okay, great. And then he sent me this and I just was so fucking blown away by it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's for, for, and this is something I, I I certainly gathered when seeing it next to all the dollar babies. It's it's so wildly adventurous because you know you have so many filmmakers that they have no budget really, right? And they're you know up against the wall. And that's really when you look back in in, in Hollywood history, that's when some of the the most brilliant works come about. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like even those that are that have a budget and they have to go, they have to really get imaginative and think to go you know to work around it you get some of the best films and, and I, th- I think, you know, survivor type is certainly one of those cases for me. And again, I'm biased because he's one of my best friends. So I, you know, <laughs> sure. I can't say, that, I get that, but, but I, I certainly, I'm trying to be as objective as possible. And, and just having rewatched it again for like the dozen time, I showed it to my girlfriend uh, last night and she, I mean, she was just literally squirming and mm. um, we actually showed it here at our, our Stephen King film festival a couple of years ago at the Chicago's music box. And one of the, deli- the delights of watching that movie with him was us him knowing exactly when the squirming moments are going to happen, and him <laughs> pointing at all the people in the theater that were that were e- either walking away or acting like they're going to go get candy, or because it, it, it's grisly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's oh, it is, and it it's is heavy. one of it is one of. I mean, it is body horror to the extreme, yeah. right? Uh-huh. The story when you read the story, you know, I know a lot of people who thought this is an impossible to film. Like, mm-hmm. how could you possibly do this? And Billy Hansen did it. He, he did. figured out exactly the right way to do it. And he he did something with no CGI. Like, it is a perfect, it is a perfect dollar baby. I yeah. Think. Mm-hmm. And Gideon Emery just, like, gives it his all. There's so much nuance to it. And mm-hmm. it's just him. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just him. And it's like, it's like yeah. 127 hours to the nth degree because you know it's not just the arm that you're cutting off it's like yeah no it's everything else (laughs) (laughs) a little bit more no so i'm i'm so excited i would say that that is probably my favorite dollar baby other than our own obviously Mm. but um but i i when when billy and i first connected about it uh, a couple of years ago because we were doing a, a small dollar baby film festival at northern fancon um he and i you know, I, I had an opportunity to watch it. I am, I'm such a fan of it. I'm such a fan of his work after the fact too. He's, he's got some brilliant uh, writing that he's done in his own right. Um, uh, Some friends and I actually contributed to a music video that he, 
uh, he was involved with uh, about a year ago, which was a lot of fun too. So, oh, awesome. so I am biased too, because I think that Billy, I would like to say that Billy and I have become quite good friends in the last little while. I mean, from a distance, of course, but yeah, <laughs> as far as I couldn't think of a better dollar baby to close out the festival than yeah. Survivor type. And, and oh, you know yeah. what? He's from Maine. He always says that he was a Stephen King fan by conception. So uh, <laughs> uh, of course, pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah. So that's, that's a hell of a choice to close out the festival. Festival. going out with a bang yeah, yeah big time. yeah so w- when you were sequencing all these films what was the mindset behind that or the process too i mean was it chronologically was it maybe by, by books or a genre did you <laughs> kind of watch them all and just be like all right well this one has like this one ends on a down note let's kind of end it up on an up note you know was, what, was there any mindset behind it i wish that there was a lot of thought that was put into it that way <laughs> yeah. literally i mean like uh, we may have like tweaked things a little bit Um, But I mean, like, it's also, it should be an even playing field across the board, right? So Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I I mean, obviously, I mean, there was a little bit of a decision to to do survivor type right at the end, because that's like, that is like an ultimate shocker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, little self-serving maybe that we put the doctor's case on saturday <laughs> hey that's fine and, yeah you, um, got you gotta do it yeah right. and i mean like and a little bit for shock value dedication but but mm. i mean like the the reality of it is is that i mean all these films came in and and like it's where it, it is very much like i mean like we we see it as they're all equal in the respect yeah. that we've all come to this this place the same way right mm-hmm. so i mean like if and honestly it's also like that this entire festival has been executed by james uh leah and myself so i mean and we are all very busy people in the first place but i mean like we wanted this to move forward so i wish we had a lot of time to really specifically go through and be like hmm yeah. <laughs> awesome if this is this here there. but I mean the reality of it is is that we I mean we pulled it together because we wanted it to happen and uh and I mean like every one of the films I think is is brilliant mm-hmm. in in some way shape or form so so they all stand up and yeah that's yeah like, Honestly, it's probably the best. I mean, th- th- there's so many times when I've uh, I'll sit there for hours and just be like, "All right, I'm gonna sequence this and this and this," and, or especially even like wedding playlists I've put on for other oh. people, and I'll be walking around, <laughs> and be like, "Hey, how, some change, huh?" Yeah. And I'll be like, "What?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay," and I'll just like, mixtapes. Oh. Remember, remember getting paralyzed by mixtapes? Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. This song doesn't fit. Right. Right. Yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, people are just like, "Yeah, that's a good song." You know, it's like, it doesn't really matter. It's like, okay, great. I'm glad I spent eight hours on that. And his stories are so eclectic too. You know, I think they kind of like, you read one of the collections and it doesn't seem like there's really much of a a string either because he just writes about so many different types of stories, which I think is fantastic. Um, Would you ever consider doing another Dollar Baby? And is there another story out there that you'd like to get your hands on? Well, um, to be to, to be perfectly honest, um, we we because and and thanks to this in the doctor's case, um, we don't have to spend our own money on movies anymore. People are are, are spending <laughs> nice. money on us, so I I'm not sure that we would ever do another Dollar Baby. I I mean, there's many many stories that I would love to adapt, but mm-hmm. I would really really like to have a, an official 
you know, commercial contract with King to be able to, ad to adapt one of his stories. And there are tons that yeah. I would like to do. I, the, the one that has always been with me, um, you know, as far as one of his novels is concerned, and I think that it's already now being adapted. So, you know, my hopes and dreams are completely dashed. But mm -hmm. I, Eyes of the Dragon, I think, would be just an mm. amazing adaptation um, that could could reach out to a number of different Stephen King fans, right? Because it's, it's yep. as much a YA novel as it is a totally amazing adult novel yeah. and so so I, I i wish the best of luck to whoever is making it right now and i and i hope that it actually comes to fruition but if it doesn't <laughs> yeah I need to pounce. <laughs> Stephen King, i'm coming for right. you i want to adapt it that project has had so many ebbs and flows so you might you might be in luck you know yeah. I, yes, I, I think it went... it? do we know james like do you know who's developing it it was on I, Hulu I for a while. I, I think it was, was going to be Hulu for a while. And yeah. then I think it just went it went on pause. <laughs> and so, hey, you know, I, I would Even knock around. you getting me all excited. I'm yeah, hey, excited I'm not trying now. to get excitement too high. I'm just saying <laughs> I haven't heard too many news on it, so you might be in luck. But So what what's next for Barker Street Cinema, though, you know, beyond the fest? Uh, well, uh, we just uh, – <laughs> it's funny because Barker Street, it, very much like all these King stories, uh, we don't actually like uh, pigeonhole ourselves into one specific area. So uh, we just yeah. finished um, a Christmas film in, in the region, which is a feature. And uh, so that's actually, I mean, it's, it's pretty well done. It's picture locked. James was just doing uh, some cleanup on visual effects and everything like that. Um, we are working on what will be the next film, you know, for this area. Um, what else do we have on the go, James? Don't we have like I feel like there's a whole we have we have a lot. Like, how much can we actually talk? No, about? I know that's the problem. <laughs> that's right? the problem. It's you can never really. We, we yeah. actually do. We have about five projects in the works right now that are um, difficult to talk about just simply because <laughs> we don't want to. But um, I will say, um, and I hope that he doesn't mind me saying this, but Bev Vincent and I are working on a project together. Oh, yeah. awesome. Um, and it's, uh, I won't say too much about it because it's still just in the early gestational stages. But um, again, he's become such a good friend of ours. And there's a number of stories of his that I am a huge fan of. And one of them that we that we are currently adapting into a feature film script. Well, that's exciting. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I thought, uh, man, I felt like you were just going to say the title. And I was like, oh. No. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, stick with early gestational. Yeah. Early gestational. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting. That's exciting. It is, it is actually, to be honest, the, the most exciting thing that I'm working on right now. I'm really, really happy to be working with him. Well, oh, wow. this is going to be a really fun weekend. We're looking forward to it. We got mm -hmm. a whole live Discord with our patrons uh, that are all just ready for the three days of just talking about these these stories in conjunction with these adaptations. And it makes me wonder, you know, this is something that kind of harks back to, uh, you know, what we were talking about earlier on in the discussion. The film festival, you know, the the physical film festival. It's it's as much as I love the digital film festival, the the physical film festival. There's a magic to it, it, it that we miss. Looking ahead, you know, with the success of this, was this would would you be interested in bringing the Stephen King Rules Festival to like a physical location in the future, maybe you know next year, and try to make it almost like an annual thing? That would be amazing, like one million percent. I'm sure that we'd do that if we actually had the time and the, yeah. and the resources. I mean, something like this, no matter what, if if we didn't have the time and the resources and Stephen King was like, you know what? I think you guys are pretty cool dudes. And I actually think that uh, what you did was pretty amazing. And I'd like to see it happen in person. 
then even if we couldn't do it ourselves, we we would find someone who would carry that torch and uh, and carry it proudly, and and we'd certainly be a part of it. Um, but I, as James kind of alluded to earlier, I mean, things are starting to pop a little for us. Yeah, right? things so, are coming right. back. There's a, there, things are starting yeah. to pick up, which is uh, exciting too. I mean, I keep using that word exciting, but it it, it truly is. I mean, it's, well, it's exciting. That's it, a it is. A, no, it is. A, it is incredibly <laughs> exciting because we're all Stephen King fans, right? Like all yeah. of us here, everybody who's listening, this is an incredibly exciting thing to be a part of, and. It's great specifically because, and it's strange that it's because of the pandemic that we can do this online and therefore we can get a lot of international attention. Like that's incredible. And mm -hmm. I would love to be able, if we did, if, if this was something that we could work into an annual fest, I would love to see it be something that we moved from one city to another so that yeah, people could cool. physically go there, totally. but that, that there could be an online component as well. Because I think that this is, one of the first times, I mean, I know that there's a lot of dollar babies that have had an opportunity in the last year to put their, their films online for a short period of time. And there was uh, a, uh, another dollar baby film festival this last week from some very good friends of ours in Argentina who mm -hmm. do, do a live um, uh, dollar baby festival every couple of years. So this was great. But this is the first time I think that so many of the films yeah. in, in such a concentrated way have been put together. So it, it would really be too bad if we couldn't continue this in some sort of virtual way going mm -hmm. forward. I mean, it's totally up to Stephen King and his his foundation, I get that. Uh, but if, if there was an opportunity for us to continue this uh, year after year, I think no matter how busy Norm and I were <laughs> and will be, um, yeah. you know, we, we would love to be a part of it because it, this is what started it all for us quite, quite honestly. Right? And yeah. that's kind of actually what we do in general is like yeah. we commit to things that we don't really have the time for and, <laughs> yeah, and we murder them in the first day. We murder Look, them anyways. Yeah, just, there's no way I to actually, live life without doing that. You know? It's funny because I'm like, James, is it, as he was talking about how it would be awesome to like take it from city to city to city, which I think is amazing. And it almost falls in line with like, um, it's almost like reverse pandemic, mm -hmm. right? Like how cool would it be to actually when things can happen in person that we take this thing and then we go from city to city yeah. to city as as the uh, the pandemic kind of unfolded or the stand you know like it's like almost yeah. like kind of <laughs> yeah. circling yeah. back to king yeah <laughs> it's like we'll spread this thing the same way as as a disease <laughs> yeah yeah i like that i like that uh well look forward to this weekend this is gonna be a blast yeah you know, Norm James, welcome to the pod anytime. This has been this has been a thank lot of fun. You so much. so awesome. uh, thank, thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Good luck with this everything this weekend. We'll talk soon. Cheers. You Hope bet. to see you. <laughs> That's all, folks. Again, Stephen King Rules begins today, Friday, April 24th, with dedication, and wraps up on Sunday, April 26th, with Survivor Type. We'll be watching all weekend and discussing a number of the films over on our Losers Club Discord. And you can join us by becoming a patron. All you have to do is head over to www.patreon.com slash thebarons. What's more, Survivor-type director Billy Hansen is going to be joining us on Zoom this Saturday, April 25th, as part of our Mellow Tiger Mellow Hour. So if you went on in on that... All you have to do is become a Maturin patron, which actually comes with a lot of perks. You can vote on crates, lobstrosities, dance macabre, suggest prompts for us to discuss, so much more. <sighs> so what's next? 
well, uh, we got May coming up, and God damn it, do we have a lot of content. Uh, we've got some big announcements. We're going to be talking about a very in-demand pilot. Uh, hint, hint, wink, wink. And uh, we're going to be heading back to Midworld with Wizard and Glass, uh, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, we got so much stuff. So keep tabs on it all by following us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Look, it's never a dull hour with this club, which is why we are your favorite, your devoted, your only Losers Club. Until then, we'll be seeing you over long days and pleasant nights. I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends.